in John chapter 7 and verse number 25. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Christ? But we know where this man is from. When the Christ comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus say these two words, still teaching. I like that. It's almost as if he just kept right on teaching while they were talking. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him, because I, have, I am from him. And he sent me. At this they tried to seize him. But no one laid a hand on him. Listen carefully. Because his time. Had not yet come. Still many in the crowd put their faith in him. They said when the Christ comes. He will do more miraculous signs. Than this man. I'm going to take my title from verse Number 28, I am not here on my own. Now, I need you to look at four people and say that emphatically. I am not here. They didn't hear you. Tell somebody else. I am not here. Now, let us pray. Father, we thank you for the anointing that is in this place. Thank you for the intimacy of our worship today. Thank you for all the songs that Caleb and Jamie led us in today that, that really produced a sense of intimacy. Yeah, in this building. We felt real close to you. Thank you for the intensity of the praise song that we sang today. That we could see in that song that you are majestic, you are mighty, you are powerful, and we stand in awe of you. But now as we embark on the threshold of this word, we're just approaching this word. We ask you that enthusiasm, excitement, and all of those characteristics and expressions of faith would be among us today. Do the thing you planned on doing. And help us not interrupt your agenda. We thank you that every generational curse is broken in this building. Every devil is bound in Jesus' name. Every generational spirit is cast out this house that is diametrically opposed to our destiny. Have your way. I ask you, Lord, to let your glory fall in this place. Let us see you for who you are. And we'll be careful to give you all the honor in the name of Jesus. Would you give the Lord one more big, big, big praise today? Come on, Jesus Christ. Now, before you sit down, tell your neighbor, excuse me, I'm Pentecostal. Tell your neighbor, we believe in the Holy Ghost in this building. We believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. Say it again. We believe in the power of the Holy Ghost when Jesus ascended the Holy Ghost came down in power when Jesus was resurrected he left the Holy Ghost in this earth to do his work you may be seated I am not here on my own I am not here right now on my own I have said many times that understanding purpose is the most important knowledge that a person will ever have. Understanding purpose is the most important knowledge that anyone will ever have. 
Purpose preceded you. Purpose did not pursue you. You pursue it. Your purpose was waiting for you to arrive. Your purpose was intact before you took your first breath. So God saw a cause or created a cause and then he gave you an assignment. He sent you into the earth to accomplish that assignment. I was thinking this morning about purpose and I thought everyone wants to feel significant. Everyone does not necessarily want to be important. But you'll never meet anyone that doesn't want to feel some sense of significance. I may not be important. I may not have a title. But I just want to feel needed. And I thought on the heels of that. That it is very difficult to separate significance from purpose. It's a very difficult task. Because a man that understands purpose will always feel significant. You only feel insignificant when you do not understand why you exist. When a man understands purpose, it eliminates all competition. When a man understands purpose, provision will find him. Locating your why in the earth will give you now the opportunity to enjoy what, when, how, and who. What, when, how, and who should never precede why. Because if you're looking for them, you'll misunderstand why. A person in a relationship with you can never replace the purpose God has assigned to your life. That's why you can never receive fulfillment from someone else that could ever satisfy the longing of your soul to fulfill your purpose in the earth. Good teaching, Pastor Rick. The Bible says that David did not serve people. And that's hard for religion to comprehend. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13 that David served the purpose of God in his generation and then he fell asleep. It does not say that David served the people of God in his generation and fell asleep. He served the purpose of God in his generation and he fell asleep. Hmm. This is good stuff. Purpose can be avoided, but it can never be voided. You can avoid it, but you can never void it. Purpose demands availability. And availability demands responsibility. Irresponsible people will never look for nor pursue purpose. Because every time they touch it, it makes them responsible. You answer to your purpose because behind your purpose is deity deity designs destiny you do not design it you discover it you do not even decide it you discover it 
strong stuff. The text. John chapter 7. This text rests in the time of Christ's life when he is beginning to now discuss things like, Vicki, I am not the son of man. I've already told you all that. I'm the son of God. Now he really never faced much conflict until he started saying who he was. You never really face real life challenges until you start coming into your identity in Christ. You don't even know what fighting is really all about until you're born again. When you're saved, you give your heart to Jesus. This is, many people think if I give my heart to Jesus, life will just be rosy posy. No, when you give your heart to Jesus, all hell's about to break loose. Because the devil wants to destroy what God has so strategically designed called destiny that he wants to frustrate you. Locate. Lock in and tell the devil you have messed with the wrong somebody. Say this with me. I know who I am. I know why I am here. And Jesus says, I am not here on my own. I got backup. I saw some of those commercials recently with those people in the background screaming, I got your back. Have y'all seen those commercials? Anybody? That's right, you don't watch TV. I forgot that. Well, I, I watch it every now and then. And, and they say, I got your back. And I was reminded that God says, I got your back. So this unveiling of his deity does not come without a challenge. Again, everything is fine until he starts saying, I'm the son of God. And then he takes it further. I'm not only the son of God, I was sent by God. Hmm. I want to take note of several things in this passage of scripture. The Bible says in verse number 28, he cried out. Have you ever had enough of people talking about you? No, no, uh, I have, I have. And sometimes you just want to lift your voice. <laughs> sometimes you just want to say, I'm right here. <laughs> right. He didn't whisper. He didn't just say. The Bible says he cried out. It means to scream or to call out or to exclaim. Now some people have Jesus so spiritual that they forget he's the son of man and son of God. And sometimes the son of man manifests. And when he does, he cleanses the temple with a whip. He turns over tables. Huh? Yeah, I'm talking to you about Jesus. You know that sweet, that sweet Jesus y'all talk about? He kicks tables over and pulls out a whip. <laughs> Starts cleansing the temple. Looks at religious people and calls them whitewashed graves full of dead men's bones. And I believe that's what happened here. He screamed, I'm right here. And he confirms what they know. Look at verse 28. He screamed out, you know me. Oh, I like it. I love the Jesus I serve. 
So he confirms that they know him. I've learned something that people will try to confine you because they know you. Woo. People will try to lock you into your present because of what they know about your past. He confirmed not only you know me, you know what I've done. You know all of me. I wrote this down. What I confirm that you know about me will not confine me to what you think about me. Jesus confirmed that you know me. And you know me as Joseph's son. Isn't this the carpenter's son? If you think you're going to lock me in to just being the carpenter's son, I'm about to reveal to you some things that's going to blow your natural mind. Woo. I was reminded of David. And his dad says, hey, your brothers are out there on the battlefield with the Philistines. Take them some cheese and bread. That's your assignment. David, your purpose is cheese and bread. You know, I found that handling the menial particles of purpose are oftentimes revealed to you a much bigger substance of purpose. Many people bypass the menial task because they want the management of some huge platform. And the Bible says in verse 28 of 1 Samuel 17 that Eliab, his eldest brother, brother problems, brother problems, brother problems. Who tried to kill Joseph? Brothers. What did we have in Genesis chapter 4 with Cain and Abel? Brother problems. It's always the brothers. And his brother heard him speak to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why are you here? Now listen how he talks to him. Who did you leave those few sheep with in the wilderness? Watch what he says. I know you. I know your pride. I know the naughtiness of your heart. Uh-oh. And you come down here that you might see the battle. It's often hard for family to accept your anointing and your assignment. Family. Familiar. Hmm. Why are you here? When I read that, I thought it's good to have a, to answer penetrating questions like that. Because it forces you to go on a quest for your purpose. They start making fun of him. Who'd you leave those few sheep with? Making fun of his role at the house. I know your naughtiness. Now some of you want to look at that in weird ways. But it literally means I know your bad morals. I know what you did as a teenage boy. I know you. And then he says you came to see the battle. You are here to be a spectator. Not a participant. Isn't it something that people that know you've been knowing you for a long time? All of a sudden, God gets ready to shift you to the next level. And you would think it was your enemies that would say you're not going to be promoted. You would think it was those who are against you that would say you're not qualified for that. 
But no, it's the people that are familiar with you. Jesus could not do many miracles in his own hometown. Because they knew him too well. But David asked, what have I done? Why are you so mad? And he asked the greatest question ever penned in scripture. Is there not a cause? This ain't about me. And that's what you must understand about your purpose. Ultimately, it's not about you. In other words, Goliath, you were born for me to take out. Because obviously my brother ain't going to do it. And it doesn't matter how much he knows me or talks about me in front of all y'all. I'm not here to get glory. David said, I'm going to feed your flesh. To the fowls of the air. Let me tell you something. The Goliath in your family. That is the addiction. That has been passed down. From one generation to the next generation. To the, the abuse. That has been passed down. From one generation. The poverty. That has been passed down. From one generation to. How do you know. That you weren't born to say enough. Is enough. I dare you to shout, it's my turn now. It's my turn. And then he says, Jesus says, you know me. I'm sorry, y'all, I've been taking my time. I'll speed up. And he says, I'm going to confirm to you that you not only know me, but you know where I am from. You know, it's not good enough that people know you with all your faults and your frailties, all the stuff in your past, but they know where you're from. That I am from Nazareth, which means a separated, forgotten place. I was born in Bethlehem, the little town of Bethlehem. I'm a nobody to you. I'm from nowhere. I wasn't born in royalty. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I wasn't born in a, in a lineage that is laden with finances and wealth and prosperity and all things well. No, I was born on the other side of the track. I love that Jesus was born and placed in a manger in a barn. I love that because it gives you some kind of identity with, you know what, God don't call the wise all the time. Sometimes God will call the foolish to confound the wise. Are y'all in the building? God will call the weak things to confuse the strong things. Now, I don't know about all y'all because I don't know you and I don't know where you're from. All I know is me. And I came to talk to Y-O-U and to tell you never allow people that think they know you and your whole life know where you're from, know your family, know your daddy, know your mama, know your cousins, know your family name. Never let that disqualify you from the destiny that God has assigned to your life. I came by to tell you, look at them and tell them, you know me and you know where I'm from. I, I better stop. Whew. But he says, now I'm going to tell you something that you don't know. I'm going to confirm to you what you do know. You know me, you know where I'm from. But here's what you don't know. I know something you do not know. I'm not here on my own. See, in your mind, I was born. But in my mind, I was sent. Somebody going to get this. Somebody is going to register with about four people in this building. In your mind, I was born. But in my mind, I was sent. I thank God for my mom and them. But my mom and them is not the reason I'm here. In your mind, I was born. But in my mind, I was sent. Matthew says one time in his gospel, Jesus said, God sent me. 
Mark said one time in his gospel, the Father sent me. Luke said one time in his gospel, the Father sent me. But John, John said 34 times in his gospel, Jesus saying, the Father has sent me. John had a revelation that Matthew didn't have, that Mark did not have, that Luke did not have. John had a revelation that Jesus was not born necessarily in a manger. But John had the revelation in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John saw the matrix of Jesus Christ, not the mother of Jesus Christ. And some of you need to get a revelation that you are a wonder in this world, not because of your mother's womb, but because of the father sending you into this earth. You were not born, you were sent. And if you just live your life like you came from some woman somewhere, then you'll always wander ambiguously through your life. But when you get the revelation, I was not born through nine months of somebody carrying me after they conceived me. But my father looked down through eternity and he said, I need that man at that place at that time and I'm going to send him there. Shout it with me, I am not here on my own. Jeremiah says in chapter 1 verse 4, the Lord gave me a message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. I said, Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. You young people need to hear this. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today, I appoint you to stand up against nations, Stand up against kingdoms. Some of them you will uproot. Others you will tear down, destroy, and overthrow. Others you will build and plant. But your assignment was waiting on you before you were ever a thought in your mother's mind. When I look at River, I keep thinking to myself, my God, have mercy that you will use Giovanna and me as vessels to bring this cause into the earth, to tear down kingdoms to uproot principalities and powers and rulers you've got to get beyond what is superficial and you must tap into eternity you must lock into deity to understand your destiny you will never understand down here what you've not comprehended up there you got to go beyond being born and you must embrace that you were sent you are sent you are deputized you are authorized you are sanctified you are justified and you will be glorified but you must accept your appointment and accept your anointing and say I am somebody from somewhere else I dare you to shout he sent me you ain't saying it like you mean it come on say it he sent me Whoo, God is good Lord, let them see it. Open their eyes. Open their eyes. Open their eyes. You are not an accident. I don't care if you was born in Motel 6 on Monday morning. You are not an accident. I don't care if you never met your daddy. I don't care if your mama abused you. You are not an accident. All that was was the devil trying to distract you, delay you, and detour you from the assignment he preordained you to be employed by. It's time for you to shake it off and tell the devil, if you could have killed me, you would have killed me. But you can't kill me. You can't take me out. I'm still breathing. I got breath in my lungs. I got oxygen in my body. I am clothed and in my right mind. I was not born I was sent to this earth I was sent here 
Tell somebody, I was sent here. Shout it again. I was sent here. I am not here on my own. I am not here on my own. I didn't decide to come here. I wasn't a thought. I didn't think about coming here. I am not here on my own. The Father sent me. How do we know? I'm not done. How do we know he was sent? Because he operated in an apostolic anointing. Hebrews 3.1 says, Holy brothers who share in your heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom you confess. Let me explain it to you. Hebrews 3.1 is very, very descriptive about his office. Many people call Jesus a king. You would be correct. Many call him a prophet. You would be correct. He's the Messiah. You are correct. He is the Christ. You are correct. He's the Son of Man. You are correct. He's the Son of God. You are correct. He's the Prince of Peace. You are correct. He's the Everlasting Father. You are correct. He's a Wonderful Counselor. You are correct. He's a Mighty God. You are correct. But He is the Apostle. Now, why is that important? The word apostle here literally means, the Greek word is archegos. And it literally means one who is sent to take the lead. One who is sent to take the lead and pioneer a thing. When you operate under your assignment knowing you are sent then you know in your heart of hearts, good God have mercy, that there's an apostolic anointing on your life to lead, to pioneer. A pioneer goes first. How do you not know that God has given you an archegos anointing, an apostolic anointing to function in your family, to break a generational curse that has called everybody before you to go astray, to be, to be denied, to be read? No, but you carry the assignment that God says you are the archegos. You are the pioneer. You're going to lead your family out this curse. You're going to lead your family out this cycle. You're going to lead your family out of poverty you're going to lead your family out of all these curses you're going to lead your family into a new beginning I have been dispatched I have a heavenly agenda I have been sent to heal the broken hearted Luke 4.22. I'm going to go ahead and preach this to myself. I have been sent to preach deliverance to the captive. I have been sent to give sight to the blind. I have been sent to release the oppressed. I have been sent to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I am not here on my own. I'm tired of seeing the confusion I'm tired of seeing the oppression I'm tired of seeing the depression I'm sad, real tired of seeing God's people down and out not sure and wondering and wondering and you know do, or, did we really learn the truth all this time or is there some new conscious level that we never arrived at and we were so buried in our Bible that we missed this real mystic being why is this happening why can't we just confess and pray the pandemic away and, and why is Russia invading Ukraine and is there going to be a nuclear war and uh, where are we at and we're running around here acting uncertain and insecure wake up and realize you were sent to this earth that's why the devil kept telling Jesus in the wilderness if you be the son of God he's questioning him and telling him at the same time if you I know who you are but do you know who you are and it's time for born again sanctified Holy Ghost filled believers to stand up and say I know who I am I know where I'm from and I know what I'm doing why leave the faith now 
Now let me tell you something. I'm not done. I'm halfway done. But I see, I see the musicians coming, so I might need to, I might need to stop. I think my time might be up. I dare you to shout it. I know something you don't know. You might know me, you might know me well, but there's someone who knows me better than you know me. Uh-oh. You might know me, you might know me well, but there's someone that knows me much better than you know me, and he's the one that sent me. So if you got any questions, don't question me. Question him. I am not here on my own, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. He who sent me is true. Read it in the Greek. He who sent me is real. He's authentic. He's genuine. He knew me and he still chose me. And I know that makes you mad, but I don't care because he didn't ask for a vote. He didn't hold an election. He didn't ask you to cast your vote to see if I deserve to be where I am. I want you to hear this. See, if you don't know him, you'll never know you. If you don't know him, you will never know you. If you don't know who sent you, you'll never know why you are here. Good God of mercy. That's the best thing I said all day. If you don't know him, you will never know why you are here. He said you don't know him, but I know him. My question to you is, how is your relationship with God today? I told you last week, two weeks ago, there are two kinds of people that go to church. Those that know God and those that know those that know God. The question is, how is your relationship? Do you know? He said, I know him. The old saints used to say, yeah. Y'all don't know nothing about that church yet. Yeah. Some of y'all don't know about the Pentecostal church, that old. Yeah. And then they would say, I know Jesus for myself. He woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. Y'all don't know that kind of church. He blessed me on my journey. And he keeps me day by day. Yes, I know Jesus. I don't need you to tell me about him. I don't need you to placate me with your accolades of him. I know him for myself. He woke me up this morning. He blessed me in my bedroom. He blessed me in my living room. He blessed me in my kitchen. He blessed me in my car. He blessed me on my workplace. I know him. Woo. Paul's secret to making it to Rome Rest in these words in Acts 27. I'm going to preach to two o'clock. I'm just kidding you. 158. Paul's secret to making it to Rome, listen to Pastor Rick on a broke down ship and doubting sailors. Rest in these words. I know whom I serve. He don't lie. 
He will do what he said he would do. And he said, I must preach in Rome. So let this ship break into a million places and all y'all lose your natural mind. But me, I know him because I serve him and I will be preaching at Rome. The question is, do you know him? And Jesus said, I know him. I'll end. My last point is, listen to this. He confirms to them, yes, you know me. Then he tells them, I'm going to tell you something you don't know. And finally, he said, I'm about to reveal to you something you're going to find out. That's right. You're going to learn. Verse 30 says, when he said, the father sent me, verse 30 said, they tried to seize him. Boy, the devil will try to stop you. When you start realizing, when you start recognizing, hey, when you get a revelation of you were sent, and I know why I am here. Vicki, can I submit to you that if I did not know in my Noah that God sent me into this earth, devils and people would have talked me out of it a long time ago. Somewhere in your life, you better get a I know God said. And I know God sent. And then you just smile at stupid people. You just smile at them. Like, I know something you don't know. At this, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Why? Because his time had not yet come. I'm going to start this last point of preaching out by telling you, you still here. What's that mean? Your time has not come. What's that mean? Your life ain't over. So your purpose is intact. Why are you being lazy? Why are you acting like God did not send you? Why are you acting like you're not anointed? You're not assigned. You're not called. You're not sanctified. You know what I've learned? Passion and compassion are either located in or connected to purpose. <laughs> what you're most passionate about is part of your assignment. What, are you what you are compassionate about is a variation of your purpose. Purpose has variations. Purpose has expressions. Example, my wife's purpose for years was to help cancer victims in San Antonio by the thousands for years. And she did a wonderful job at it. It was her purpose. Are you hearing me? She was satisfied doing it. Now, she has to experience a variation of purpose. The variation of purpose is named River. You know what I'm saying? She can't give that much time to the cancer victims in San Antonio now because she got a little 14 month old little beautiful boy named River. So guess what your assignment is? River, that's your assignment. It doesn't mean you've lost your purpose. Purpose never walks out of your life because God has given you another assignment. Some of your assignments are so big that you're scared to grab a hold of it. Because if you ever embrace what God has really shown you, then you know it would take so much time and energy to do it. You're not sure if you can accomplish it. God would not give it to you if you couldn't handle it. Man. So he, the Bible says they tried to seize him. No man laid a hand on him. Let me tell you something. If man puts you in it, man can take you out of it. They couldn't take him out because they didn't put him in. If God puts you in, man cannot take you out. Hmm. Because I'm not here on my own, I cannot leave on my own. But you cannot take me out on your own. 
Y'all want me to say that one more again? Because I am not here on my own, I cannot leave on my own. And you cannot take me out on your own. This jacket getting on my nerves, baby. Because I'm preaching just, just one more minute. Okay, I'm going to be done. Come on, sir. That was not a tattoo. Y'all seeing things now, see. I came in here this morning. I leave that coat on most of the time because of all the weight I've gained. We got pregnant. She delivered. I'm still carrying. What's up, Butch? Now watch this. I approached you this morning to tell you, remember the precipice. I want to talk to you. Like it's just Giovanna. And tell you. You were not born, you were sent. Your mother was the vessel that delivered you. She had the privilege of introducing purpose in the earth. And if all you mothers can get that revelation, you have the privilege of introducing purpose to the earth. Then you impart that purpose to that person every day. That person is not going to grow up and go astray. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Some of y'all got assignments running all over the place. Am I right about it? Talk back to me. And you're wondering when. The promise is old. I don't know when, but I can promise you one thing. They coming back. Now, somebody had faith right there and put their hands together on it. Come on. If you believe it, put your hands together on it. Don't give up on your child. Don't give up on your assignment. Come on here, church. There ain't nobody born in this earth on accident. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost here. God sent you. See, Jesus, in Luke chapter 13, verse 31, is my last scripture. The same day there came a certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, this is what religious people do. Get out and depart from here because Herod's going to kill you. Acting like they're going to help. Religious people always act like, I want to help you here. You need to make a move, Doc. Hey, Doc, you need to make a move. Something bad about to happen, Doc. You know what they're telling you? I'm not confident that you know who you are. And I'm not confident that you know where you're from. So I'm going to help you out a little bit because I know that you really don't know that you are here because God sent you here. But watch this. They said unto him, get up and get out of here because Herod's going to kill you. I love what Jesus said. I can see Jesus just rub his pretty beard and look at them and say these words. Listen to him. Jesus said, go and tell that fox. Behold, I cast out the only person leaving here is the devil. Y'all didn't, y'all just missed that. The only one leaving is him. It ain't gonna be me. Tell your neighbor the only one leaving is gonna be the devil. It ain't gonna be me. Go tell that fox I cast out devils 
and I do cures today and I'm going to do cures tomorrow. And the third day, I'm going to be perfected, speaking of his resurrection. But he said, nevertheless, I walk today and I'm going to walk tomorrow and I'm going to walk the day following. Tell the devil, you don't take me out when you think you're going to take me out. My time is not in your hands. My times, according to Psalm 31, is in the hand of God. I came by to tell all of you, you are not here on your own. You cannot decide when you're leaving. You're not going to decide when you're supposed to quit. God said, get up, get your purpose off the shelf, start activating it, walk in the call that I gave you, and quit acting like you are nobody, going nowhere, start acting like you are somebody that was sent to do something. Get on your feet and give him praise for just a minute. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Tell three people around you, I have places to go and people to see. Tell them, I have places to go and people to see. They're not hearing you. Tell somebody else, I have places to go and I have people to see. Now look back at them and tell them, I ain't going out like that. I ain't going out like that. I ain't going out like that. I'm not a quitter. I don't stop. I'm not finished. I believe the Bible. I've learned a lot of stuff. But according to Philippians chapter 1, I am confident in one thing, that he who began a perfect work in you shall also complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Shout it with me. I ain't done. I am not done. My purpose is still intact. I still have power. I still have potential. I still have my purpose. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Say it again, I am not done. No music. Somebody out here lift your voice and give God the biggest praise you can give him. Come on. Shout these words as loud as you can. I know who I am. I know where I am from. I am not here on my own. If you believe it, give him praise again. Come on. <laughs> 